Everything you know about health is about to change. Welcome to Straight Talk on Health with Dr. Vincent Medici. Sometimes people suffer, not from lack of faith, but from lack of knowledge. This is the show that changes that. If you are tired of being sick, tired of not getting answers, tired of spinning in circles, for healing is not a mystery. It is a miracle that you were designed to experience. It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning. Happy 4th of July. My favorite day of the week. And let us begin. Boy, try to get to the website today. That's straighttalk.cc. I've got so much great stuff. I'm going to do an additional half an hour to an hour after this show because there's just so much information to get through. And as far as I'm concerned, it's all pointing in the same direction. You know, on the website, I posted the great picture of Mount Rushmore, and I was looking at it this morning. Washington, Jefferson, Teddy Roosevelt, and Lincoln. And I was saying to myself, thinking to myself, man, would they have put up with this? The amount of garbage we've been subjected to. And the information just keeps coming in. So let's start. First, I want you to take a look at Sweden. If you're on the website, I consistently go, as many do, to a statistical search engine called World Dominer, World Dominer, Worldometer, however you want to say it. And that's where I get a lot of my data. I invite you all to get on there yourself and look at all the different ways you can understand what's going on with the coronavirus. So when you listen to the garbage that you listen to, you can just check a statistical source, a trusted statistical source, and you can see just how things are being slanted. If people just did that, we'd have a different country right now. I want to think, and I'll continue to think until I'm positive of otherwise, I'll continue to think that people just don't know. Those of you who listen to the show do know. Those of you who are listening to the show for the first time today, you just need to get informed because the data is there. If you go to World Dominer, Take a look. I put it on the website. That's straighttalk.cc. Take a look at daily deaths in Sweden. Now, you say, what does Sweden have to do with America? Well, Sweden, as you know, was the country in Europe that did not do a lockdown. They didn't close the junior schools. They didn't shut down the bars and restaurants. They let people congregate up to, I think it was the number 50. They didn't do face masks. And and those of you who listen regularly, catch this. About five weeks ago, Sweden that said, look, we're not going to quarantine. We're just going to use a little social distancing. That's about all Sweden did. And then wash our hands. Which is what a hero of mine, Johan Gesek, World Health Organization, proponent 
and head public health official for many years in Sweden, advised Sweden to do. He's the guy behind Tegnell. In Sweden, no lockdown. Sweden said it would hit herd immunity. That's the point at which enough people have been exposed, developed an immune resistance, and can no longer be contagious. And Sweden decided to argue that it, if it didn't impose the lockdown, would hit the herd immunity quick, a lot quicker, and end this nonsense a lot faster. So about five weeks ago, four weeks ago, Sweden had to admit that after all this time had passed and all this supposed mixing of Swedish society, they only found a 7 to 10% infection rate, meaning the virus hadn't spread. It hadn't mixed to that essential number, and thus their argument appeared to have fallen apart. Well, thank God Sweden stayed strong. Because right now, we found out why Sweden did not hit herd immunity as fast as it thought it would. And I'm going to get to that in a minute, because that's big, big news. And just as I've been ahead of the curve across the country since the end of February, I'll be ahead of the curve again today. But I'm going to get to that a little later. Right now, I'm just going to point out, Sweden did it anyway. They did it anyway. It's over in Sweden. Do you understand? No one is saying this yet. You'll hear about it in the next month. You're not going to hear it on idiot liberal media. But sooner or later, someone's going to pick it up. Let me be the first. It's over in Sweden. It's over in Sweden. It's over in Sweden. Sweden did it. God bless you, Sweden. And everyone from Tegnell to Gisek to all the Swedes that use their heads, it's done. And there, on picture number one, I published from Worldometer the perfect curve. It started the beginning of March, as it did in many places. It rose to a peak by mid-April. By the end of May, it was starting to dip, and now the daily death toll in Sweden has been reduced to nothing. I don't mean yesterday, today, the last two weeks. And so has the caseload. Both cases and deaths in Sweden have disappeared. Now, for some reason, and we won't get into that because we kind of know, nobody's talking about it yet. You go on World Dominer, you look up Sweden, and you go to the Daily Death, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So that's the first 4th of July announcement I want to make. Unfortunately, this isn't the story in America. Thus the point of my show. I entitled the show today, Happy 4th of July, Would Our Founding Fathers Have Stood For This? And that really is the question. Take a good stare at Mount Rushmore about what we're supposed to stand for, about how we're supposed to celebrate the fruits of democracy and remember the people that sacrificed a great deal so we can have it. You know, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, they were liable as traitors. They would have been hung or shot or both at the same time. Abraham Lincoln, he paid the ultimate price. 
And Teddy Roosevelt, another Republican, Teddy Roosevelt was really the driving force behind the progressive era. In other words, that decade in the United States where laws were passed, labor laws were passed, if you didn't know, to protect children, who then, back in the turn of the century and the early 1900s, would work 60, 70, 80 hours in factories to feed the family and suffer the dire consequences of having their youth squandered in the toxicities of the factories when we had no understanding. Remember the Mad Hatter? What do you think that meant? It meant we didn't understand what factory life meant. Well, put a kid in that, a growing child at the age of seven, and have it work 80, 90 hours a week to feed the family. Upton Sinclair. Remember Upton Sinclair? I'll bet you there's a book they don't make you read in high school anymore. They don't even make you read in high school anymore. Upton Sinclair's book on the jungles of the industrial era. And Teddy Roosevelt responded, four men are there for a reason. Those four men, I have no doubt, are turning over in their graves. Why? Because there was something about the press and the truth. And there was something about respecting both sides of an argument. Well, what does that have to do with the amount of lying about a plague that's not a plague and overlooking the implications. You see, I learned something about history, and I learned that one of the ways you learn history is by skipping what's written and talking to people. If you talk to people, I have spoken just this week with four different intensive care nurses in Orange County, and all four of them have said the intensive care units are not seeing more COVID cases. They're seeing more people because hospitals have opened. Now that's four different people. I have spoken to four different restaurant owners this week who are disgusted, who are in trouble. They line up and down Pacific Coast Highway in Orange County. They're in trouble. Do you know how much money is generated on a weekend like the 4th? That can be your whole summer's income. And where is it gone? Under a curfew. What curfew? What quarantine? What did Gavin Newsom do and based on what? He did it based on numbers that suggest that the caseload in Orange County, as well as the rest of California, is skyrocketing. And yes, it is, but why it is, is not being told to the public. And that's what my website's about. It's about bringing you another perspective. So let's look at this perspective. First of all, I want you to listen to Liz Wheeler. I put this video on. I'm going to play the video. Keep in mind, get on my website in about an hour and a half, two hours, because I'm going to finish this show. There's just so much to cover today. I can't get it all. But I want you to listen to Liz Wheeler, wonderful journalist. I want you to listen to her interview a guy named Dr. Atlas, A-T-L-A-S. He's a medical doctor out of Stanford. He's also part of the Hoover Institute. And I want you to listen to Liz talk in this interview. I'll play it for about two minutes. You can really hear it well about what Dr. Atlas has to say about this nonsense lockdown now, the recent one, the one that Newsom announced this week because he loves us. Just listen. Talk to me about the scientific justification for, I guess, restarting 
these lockdowns in so many states, it's mind boggling to me. Yes, well, you, you hit on the, uh, the first key problem with the whole policy, which was that there was never any contemplation of the impact of the policy itself. But right now we're having a different problem. We have a lot of fear and a lot of reaction to something that is really a sort of a distortion of the information. We see more cases, that's true. We see more cases because with more social relaxation, uh, we're gonna have more, more cases. We see more cases, as you mentioned, because with more testing, we'll have more cases, but cases stop. All right, let me cut in there on that. Dr. Atlas is saying there's more testing. If you talk to people on the first line in the hospitals, as I have, throughout Southern California, and anybody I can talk to, I do, the nurses will tell you, you get tested now. You do not walk into a hospital without getting tested. And what's happened within the last month is everybody's coming back. I have a, a 91-year-old man who is dying of congestive heart failure right now, who should have had an aortic valve replaced about six weeks ago. And they have just given this poor guy up for dead because they wouldn't do it six weeks ago because of the lockdown. And now I have his family fighting with cardiology to do it anyway because this poor guy is going to die, and it's not his time to die, and he's being written off at 91 years old, and I can give you many cases like this. And the hospitals, and this is my point, are being flooded with people who needed help like this, who couldn't get it earlier, and now they're all coming in. What do you think happens when you hit a hospital today? I don't care if it's for a stubbed toe. What do you think happens? You get tested. That's a case. This is going on all over the nation. That is the first reason why the caseloads are skyrocketing. And against that, our governor, someone we're supposed to trust, doesn't get that and decides to put us in a second lockdown on the 4th of July weekend, costing our economy, at least in Orange County et al., how much money? That's America? You're not going to do anything about that because you're safe and satisfied because it's not affecting your pocket. Let me tell you something, if you think you can afford this. Sooner or later, we're all going to realize we're all in this together. And whether we're going to suffer because police departments are being taken apart or because so many people are starting to get whacked out, it's going to hit your nice, comfortable neighborhood. Or before you're going to realize that the job you thought was safe isn't anymore because it depends on too many other economic sectors that you do business with. Sooner or later, we have to understand we are all in this together. And decisions are being made now on the basis of this new second wave that is no second wave. It's a distortion of the statistics. And I apologize. You know, I have to for myself, inside myself, because I repeat myself so much. And yet when I go out there, when I listen to people, they still don't understand Many of my listeners nod their head because they get the central concept, but I ask you to take it a step further to understand what I mean by infection fatality rate, PCR testing, serology testing, the difference between a case and an actual hospitalization, the difference between a hospitalization and an ICU, 
the difference between an ICU and a death, how they exaggerate the death counts. From February 29th on, I have done show after show after show. Please study my shows. I don't have much vested interest in this. I just get up every morning with a sick feeling in my stomach because we are being lied to in a terrible way. And it will come home to bite us all. No one is immune to this. So number one, you walk into a hospital, you get tested. Now, if you go into a hospital for a stubbed toe, if you go into a hospital for a surgery, and lots more people are, and they test you, and you're found to have COVID, whether you got it in the hospital or not, that's a COVID case. So number one, everyone that goes into the hospital gets tested. Number two, if you go in there for a gallbladder surgery and you get tested for COVID and you're positive for COVID, but you're in the hospital for a gallbladder surgery, guess what they call that? That's right. That's a COVID case that required a hospitalization. There's number two. Listen to the rest. Listen to Dr. Atlas out of Stanford this week on the Liz Wheeler Show. Again, Liz Wheeler, W-H-E-E-L-E-R, Wheeler, Elizabeth Wheeler. Get to know her show. She's a true freedom fighter. Stopping all cases was never and should never be the policy. The cases are, as you mentioned, overwhelmingly in younger people. The median age is in the 30s, whereas it used to be 20, 25 years higher. We have learned how to protect the older people. We do not have increasing deaths. In fact, they continue to decrease. We do not have. Don't believe Dr. Atlas. Don't believe me. Don't believe anybody. Take the time to get on World Dominer. Look at state to state to state. Look at Florida. Look at Texas. Look at California. Look at the soaring number of cases for reasons we're all telling you. And then compare that to the deaths. The cases are skyrocketing. The deaths are not. We'd be seeing death by now. And as far as ICUs, well, they don't really list them anywhere. I go in to dire conversations with nurses, with husbands of nurses, with wives of nurses, and I'm telling you, do it yourself and ask them if they see the ICUs being overloaded with COVID cases. And no, I didn't say the ICUs overloaded with people who are doing serious surgeries or, or are in serious condition because they're getting into the hospitals now to make up for the lost time. There's a difference. If you get that delineation and you absorb your information based on is the increase in ICU for people who are in dire shape because of the COVID infection. And you will find across the United States the answer to that is no. Increasing translation into super sick people from these cases, even when they're hospitalized. As you noted, the hospitalizations are milder. Perhaps we're getting better at treating the disease, but the length of stay is one half what it used to be. The risk of dying is about one fourth what it used to be. And we see. Enough with it. Time not permitting. Let's get down to another one here. This is a video. 
of Collin County a month or so ago in Texas making a massive change in what you call a COVID case. You're going to watch a little bit of this now. Forget that it's Alex Jones. This is something Alex Jones caught, but this video was out before Alex Jones. And I want you to listen to one of the health officials in Collin County sit before a city council and effectively say, we're going to change the definition of a COVID case. And when we think that a COVID case is probable, even if we didn't test it, we're going to count it as a COVID case. So let me repeat that. To say someone is COVID positive is to say you've done two types of testing, or at least one type. Right now, the one that's most dependable is a PCR test, polymerized chain reaction. I'll explain this on another show, maybe the second half of this show. On top of that, there's debate about it, but for the most part, we've also used a second test. It's called a serology test. It means, has the person we think that's been exposed to the virus developed antibodies? If the answer is yes, we'll count that as a COVID case too, a COVID exposure. What this video is about to do is have you watch a woman in Collin County in Texas, the end of May, sit before a board and basically say, we're going to change this. And the way we're going to change it is, if we know you had the COVID illness, if we know you got sick, we're going to find out the last 20 people you had contact with. We're going to get in touch with all of them. And whether they want to do a test or not, we're going to count them as COVID cases. It's termed a probable COVID case. And this is unbelievable. It's unbelievable because you're going to hear a Collin County judge who's presiding over this council saying, if what I understand you to be the case is true, we're about to skyrocket the number of actual cases recorded in the state of Texas and in Collin County. And this is exactly what happened. So this week, what did Governor Greg Abbott do? He reinstituted the quarantine based on the soar in cases. A month and a half earlier, public health officials were changing the definition of what we call a COVID case. Watch, listen, dispute, disagree, argue, but don't deny what you're about to watch. State of Texas, DSHS has informed public health departments that they are, they have adopted a revised definition for COVID-19 probable cases. That's Chris Hill. He's a judge in Collin County in Texas. And he's basically stating that a public health official is about to sit down. Her name is Aisha Sowry, Collin County Epidemiology Department, and tell the council in the county, Collin County, Texas, presided over by Judge Hill, that we're about to add to what we call a COVID case, a probable COVID case, and count it as the same. So for confirmed case, it stays the same. You still just need PCR. But now they've added a probable case definition. Uh, so that still gets counted towards the case count. It's 
She just said, we used to test by PCR. Now we're going to change that. We're going to create another entity. It's called a probable COVID case, and we're going to add that as a COVID case. This is what Aisha Sowery from the Collin County Epidemiology Department on May 24th is telling the Collin County Legislature. Different. It's not confirmed. It's probable, but it's still a case. So at the end of... It's not confirmed, but it's still a case. On your own, get to the website that's straighttalk.cc and listen to this. It's unbelievable because look at the ramifications of this. If you get on World Dominer and you, you tabulate the, the, the rise in COVID cases in the state of Texas in the last four to five weeks, you'll see, as is stated, the case numbers soaring. This is why. Now, I had everything up I've said. And there's lots more I haven't said yet. That's part two of the show. And you can see we've created a second wave artificially. We have just created a second wave artificially. We have just created a second wave artificially. They're going to keep this thing going until God knows when. Until when? We have a vaccine? Until we have almost succeeded at shutting our economy down? Small businesses are gone. They're going to go. PPPs, SBA loans, that money's not there anymore. Do you understand this, my fellow Orange Countians? Do you understand where this is going? This is not a joke. You know, I've had a sideline my whole life. I've studied moments in history where... For whatever reason, people sit there and hide under a rock. What? It took a lot to see Hitler coming? Some people saw Hitler coming, and they got out of town. Or they mobilized resistance. Unfortunately, lots of people get scared. They get scared and they do nothing. They pretend it's not coming. They ward it off to its conspirator. If you study history... Before there are takeovers, you have large percentages of people that could have done something that didn't because they didn't want to believe it was true. They didn't want to believe it would affect them. They felt insulated and protected. This is the trap. Do not fall into this trap. It's the 4th of July. Most of us come from other countries. Most of us took risks. And most of us have forgotten that if you don't protect liberty, someone will take it away from you. Happy Fourth of July. Get on my website. I'll have the second half of the show posted. We're going to get into all these videos. We're going to break down the statistics, and I want you to spread the show. Spread the show, send it around, and let the naysayers hear the show. All right? God bless you. Remember who you are. See you next week. Okay, that's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week. All right, part two. Man, that was a fast 30 minutes. Not enough time. 
All right, let's take a look. Let's get into these videos. There's just so much information. So first of all, let me just mention about Sweden. Here's what I want the preferred audience, that being you, that come to the website to listen. I want you to understand a distinction here. There is two sets to the immune system. And you've heard me say this before, but it's worthy of repetition because people don't really understand until you say it a thousand times. And that's okay. There's the innate immune system and then part two of the immune system, the adaptive or humoral immune, immune system. And part one, which is the innate or the cell-mediated Oops, maybe it's not. Ah, see, even I do it. All the stupid names. Forget cell-mediated. The innate immune system, part one. The adaptive or the antibody system or the humoral system, part two. When you get exposed to a virus, your macrophages will go after it. The macrophages release cytokines. The cytokines call in the T-cells. This is all part of the innate immune system. Or, you know, the T-cells are borderline innate. And because some of the T-cells have memory, so they're kind of in between. But the point is, you may not need antibodies in appreciable quantities for certain types of infections and depending on who you are. If your part one of the immune system is strong enough, you don't need part two. And if you do need part two, it's going to be just a little bit. So if you're one of those people that gets exposed to this virus like a kid and you're strong enough like a kid or kids tend to be, you're going to beat the virus before you have some big antibody response. Now, we understood this, but we didn't really understand this. And this is what Sweden hasn't even published yet. And again, pat yourself for listening to this show, because this is part two. I mean, this is the truth. This is ahead of the curve. What they're going to find, what you're going to read is, gee, we didn't know this. We didn't know that lots of people are strong enough, especially the kids, to beat it in the part one immune system. Now, how does this play out in Sweden? When you talk about herd immunity, which was the idea, and if you listen to the epidemiologists I trusted and trust, they were all saying, protect the elderly. That's where you spend your resources. The nursing homes, that's where you spend your money. Unlike idiot Cuomo and all those jackasses in the Northeast. I mean, all the governors who didn't think this way. Witkowski, Ioannidis, Katz, Gasek, a whole slew of impeccably credentialed epidemiologists and research scientists and clinicians we're all saying protect the elderly, especially in the nursing homes, because these poor people were sitting ducks. All right, fine. 
protect them, but let everybody else mingle and mix because the risk of death or serious illness is very, very low. That was the prevailing wisdom. Well, Sweden did half of that. Sweden, in Tegnell's own words, made a big mistake because initially, in that first six weeks, eight weeks, they didn't protect the nursing homes. But what they did do right is they let everybody mix. So what did Sweden get? Well, Sweden calculated that they'd hit herd immunity, meaning enough exposure, a high enough percentage, and I, there's a formula for herd immunity. It's one minus, I think, the RO divided by one. R naught, the contagion rate. R naught, which is kind of R zero, naught zero, if you're too young to remember that. R0 is a measure. It's not the sole measure, as Michael Levitt points out, and he's so smart and consistently correct. But R0 is generally a nice term to describe if one person gets it, are three going to get it really fast? Are 10 going to get it really fast? Or is half of one person going to get it really fast? It kind of measures the ease at which a virus will spread. And herd immunity is calculated 1 minus, I think it's 1 over the R0. That number is the percentage required per type of virus. So you have the Spanish flu, you have smallpox, you have now this in influenza, and now you've got COVID. So 1 minus 1 over R0, 1 minus 1 over R0 is kind of how you measure herd immunity. The you get a percentage. So Sweden's doing this and realizes it's going to need, I think it's about 60 or 70% of the population to be infected to the point where everybody's protected because everybody that's running into everybody's already immune. That's how you protect grandma and grandpa. You got it? I think I've said that very clearly. So Sweden's figuring 60, 70%. Okay, great. Witkowski's happy, Ioannidis is nodding, the world's looking, waiting. We all want the Swedes to be right because the Swedes are proving you didn't need to do this draconian lockdown. Okay, simple, right? So, about four or five weeks ago, the Swedish start testing. I mean, testing broad scale. And they're finding that generally under 10% of the population has been exposed. That was big. And you know who was standing right there. All those toilet scums from CNN and all the other liberal globalist media. Yeah, you see? Sweden, it's in their face now. Look at what they've done. The death rates and the numbers are way worse than Norway and Denmark and Finland. And look at Sweden. They thought they could do this and they couldn't. And thank God Sweden stuck to its guns. Because here's my point. Here's what we're finding out. And that is, for many, many, many people, I'm going to make a projection that I'm almost certain of at this point. For the majority of people, they're not even going to show positive antibodies. 
They're going to get exposed and their innate immune system is going to eat this thing and you're never going to see it in the antibody tests. Serology is not going to show it unless serology is like the best serology you can get and even then it's not going to show it. Why? Because if your innate immunity is good enough, you barely need the humoral immunity. And that is the way the immune system works. If your innate system is strong and with certain types of viruses. And that's the deal. And I go on record. And you can call me up and say, Medici, I won't listen to you again because you said something that wasn't true. I'll take that risk because it ain't a risk at all. I'll give you five to one odds. I am correct. Because what we're seeing now in Sweden proves it. So there's my little secret if you know how to interpret things. So what did I do? I put on the website today picture one, and I want you to look at it. Check Worldometer to verify Sweden's death count. Oh, you mean Sweden? They're faking the numbers now? No, they're not. You want to talk about conspiratorialism? With the world watching, Sweden's going to fake their numbers and get away with it. What, are you kidding me? Look at this. Look at that curve. And that's what's going on now. What am I saying? I'm saying look at the death rates. They're going down and down and down and down. And if you look at the cases, the same thing's happening. Sweden has had enough people get exposed so that it's taken the ones it was going to take and now the rest don't need to think about it. Sweden did it. That's big. That's really, 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 really big. But you're not going to hear about it in the media because the media is controlled by the globalists and the globalists are the banks and the banks, the central banks... They want to see a war. They're looking for it. Do not doubt me. There is big money behind the end of America. Big money. Really big money. And if you don't think Gates, Fauci, Burks, the WHO, the vaccine industry, the drug companies in China are all in bed with each other, think again. Because they have all come together to launch an assault that's an integration of the media lying about statistics and the meds, the pharmaceutical industries and the doctors under the guise of science backing up what the liberal media exaggerates. It is a cabal. Happy 4th. Happy 4th of July. You got to get this. And you got to spread the show. Spread the show. Sp don't spread my show. Spread Liz, Liz Wheeler. Spread Witkowski. Spread, go on my site, get everything, and spread it to everybody. Because I'm still going to get up in the morning and think that there's enough people interested in the truth at this point to listen. Those who wouldn't listen five months ago are listening now. Those who didn't care five months ago may care now. And there's a reason. Sooner or later, 
we're all going to be impacted. I have watched this. I have watched this from the inception of COVID-2. It kind of makes sense. What the hell do I care? I'm still getting my paycheck. What do I care? I have unemployment. What do I care? Sooner or later, this ends. It's ending. The cumulative effect of the lockdown is killing us. And what are we going to do? Spend the next 12 to 18 months hiding under a rock? Because that's what we're being told. And you think we're going to get a vaccine to fix all this? Well, yeah, I guess I have to consider one possibility. And that is, is that even if it's one third effective and one third of the people get it because the other two thirds ain't going for it. And by the time they legislate mandatory vaccinations against a virus that's fake, then it might be five years from now. Who knows? But the point is one thing for sure. Sooner or later, they're going to get a vaccine. And maybe then the people at top are going to decide that they've made enough money, even if only one third of the population gets it. And they'll put the word out to the media and the vaccine saved the day. That's the moral of the story. And we'll just replay this again in 10 years when we get the next infection, which we will. Other than Trump getting in and closing this deal on the fake news, other than that, that's our second best shot. And that's disgusting, but it's true. So there it is. Sweden beat it. Sweden proved it. Spread it around. Tell your friends. It's beautiful. Look at what they've done to the death curve without shutting down their economy. All we needed to do, and we knew this less than a month into it, less than a month into it, all we needed to do is go into the nursing homes and make sure we contact traced and prevented it from spreading. It would have been so easy to do. It would have been so easy to do. And New York, instead of the death count being 34,000, would have been 16,000. Everybody lost except one state. The only state that didn't lose was Florida. Rick DeSantis had a very high percentage of geriatric in his state, and he did the right thing. And, and Florida has the statistics to brag about. Check Worldometer. Listen to Governor DeSantis. Let's stop bullshitting each other. It's too costly. The idiots who do get the facts that don't want to believe them, let them go. And the toilet scum that gets the facts, like CNN, and wants to distort it because they're bought, let them go. But there's a lot of good people that don't know this. They have to know this. And that's your job in your own way. Spread it. All right. Now, let's listen to Liz Wheeler here. you got to get to know Liz Wheeler. Not only is she great-looking, but she's smart as a tash. She's sharp. And she's patriotic. And she's a warrior. And she's going to interview Dr. Atlas from Stanford. Now, I started this, but we're going to go through this again. I'm going to go through all the videos, and then I'm going to stop them and comment. 
I want to make sure you get this. And I'm going to go all the way down to Dr. Gundry, who, I mean, how rich is Dr. Gundry? Can you imagine how rich this guy is? He doesn't have anything to gain. He really doesn't. And he doesn't really have anything, in a sense, to lose because he's insulated. But he's saying, I am a cardiac surgeon. Surgical masses don't stop viruses. Now, how many times have I had to put literature on this site to tell you that? And yet, what's going on? Well, I have to believe that all these people can't all be that stupid. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I hope I'm right. I have to believe that some people are just dumb. Some people are just so frightened they're useless. I mean, who do you want to go to war with? People that are frightened? People that are dumb? No. I have to believe that there's a sizable percentage of people that just don't know. That's why Dr. Gundry, I have no doubt, is opening his mouth. And he's not going to profit from it. So later we're going to listen to what he has to say. Surgical masks do not save you from the virus. It is a crock of shit. But I'll tell you what surgical masks do. Putting that thing on is an act of submission. And symbols are powerful. Robert Langdon, the Da Vinci Code. Symbologist from Harvard. Yeah, not a joke. Symbols are powerful. You take your arm and you put it across the left of your chest. I pledge allegiance to the flag. You take your hands and you fold them together and you pray. Symbols are powerful. What symbol is involved with a black mask and people online in stores and people on the freeways looking at each other skeptically through the darkness of their windows now that everybody taints the window? which is only illegal when the cops want it to be illegal. And they look at each other through the black mask. Have you noticed the perverts? Have you noticed the perverts yet? Yeah. Put the black mask on and just stare with your eyes at certain things you wouldn't ordinarily stare at. Yeah. What's the symbol here? Bow down and wash the feet. Bow down and genuflect. Bow down and submit. Oh, why are you wearing your mask? Because Governor Newsom said so. Oh, man. I can feel bad for myself. But I really feel bad for Mount Rushmore. Those guys, they're around. They're watching. They don't feel too good about this. I kid you not. So listen later to Dr. Gundry. We're going to get into that. Let's keep going. All right, listen to Atlas here. Talking about the scientific justification for, uh, I guess, restarting these lockdowns in so many states, it's mind-boggling to me. Yes, well, you, you hit on the, uh, the first key problem with the whole policy, which was that there was never any contemplation of the impact of the policy itself. But right now we're having a different problem. We have a lot of fear and a lot of reaction to something that is really a sort of a distortion of the information. We see more cases. That's true. We see more cases because with more social relaxation, uh, we're going to have more, more cases. We see more cases, as you mentioned, because with more testing, we'll have more cases. But cases 
Stopping all cases was never and should never be the policy. The what he's saying is let the population that isn't at risk mix. It's not to stop the number of cases. It's to stop the number of deaths. And to stop the number of deaths, you have to mix the virus so people become immune. Which now I think we can't really measure because too many people are immune because of the nuances of the first line of defense, the innate immunity. But Atlas's point should be really understood. When did this become about stopping the rise in cases? That is in direct contradiction to herd immunity, which, mind you, Dr. Burks did a good job on Judge Judy's show, Judge Janine's show, Janine Pirro. Dr. Burks and I flipped on this, had the freaking audacity to change the definition of herd immunity and say it makes no sense unless it's related to a vaccine. That was a blatant lie. So Atlas is pointing this out. The point wasn't to stop the case rise. Cases are, as you mentioned, overwhelmingly in younger people. The median age is in the 30s, whereas it used to be 20, 25 years higher. We have learned how to protect the older people. We do not have increasing deaths. In fact, they continue to decrease. We do not have increasing translation into super sick people from these cases, even when they're hospitalized. As you noted, the hospitalizations are milder. Perhaps we're getting better at treating the disease, but the length of stay is one half what it used to be. The risk of dying is about one fourth what it used to be. And we see that a lot of the hospitalization numbers, as you mentioned, are hospitalizations with COVID rather than from COVID. About 20 or 30% of patients who are hospitalized now, uh, that's what's been told to me uh, from some of these states, have been hospitalized for something else, having a baby, you know, having a appendicitis, having a kidney stone, some other procedure, they're all tested. And when they're tested positive, they're recategorized as COVID-19 hospitalizations. Did you hear that? Why aren't we doing what Black Lives Matter did? Why aren't we getting together in large groups, going to Sacramento and knocking doors down? Why aren't we expressing ourselves to the governor? He may not understand this. He may understand this. Either way, he needs to know that you understand this. Did you hear what he said? I've been saying this for weeks now. It doesn't take a lot to figure this out. The hospitals are open. You go in for gallbladder surgery. You've put it off for months. So now you're flooding the hospitals. The numbers in the hospitals are rising for all sorts of formally unprioritized surgeries non-essential surgeries they're all hitting the hospital they test you you covertly you just happen to test positive so now you're hospitalized for covid not hospitalized for the gallbladder surgery he just said it this is too easy spread it spread it that's point number one about the hospitalizations point number two is that as you mentioned, okay, the hospitals are, some of them are somewhat crowded, which of course they're normally in Texas around 90% ICU occupancy. But if you look at the occupied beds, 15 to 20% of the occupied ICU beds are COVID patients. 
80% roughly, 85% are non-COVID patients. The hospitals are getting... Did you hear what he said? Do you know how many people are online, YouTube comments, people you converse with that are going to say, Dave, don't tell me. I'm telling you, don't tell me. The ICUs in these hospitals are overflowing. Atlas is telling you, yeah, they are. You know why? They're to maximum capacity, but only 10, 20% are COVID cases. The other 80% are people that are backlogged because they needed a surgery six weeks ago. I have two people dying because of this. You got that? So don't listen to these dopes tell you, don't tell me. These IC units are overflowing. These cases are soaring. We need to shut it down. Tighten our masks. They don't work, by the way. These kind of people can't run your life. You let these kind of people and these kind of politicians run your life. You just read Ben Franklin's wise sayings. A bunch of them basically say, you fall asleep on liberty, man, you will end up in a jail cell. And we're close. We're close. You know, a few weeks ago, I said this virus is over. I was right. I said this virus was over. What confounds me is the evil and the stupidity and the ignorance and the apathy. I guess I'm still innocent. That's what confounds me. I don't get how dumb, innocent, apathetic, lazy, fearful, and outright evil the collective consciousness still is. So I said, this virus is done. It is done. Crowded, not because of COVID, but because there's now finally the ability to administer medical care which was not available in the past. So we have a second wave. The second wave is actually regular medical care filling the hospitals. But the idea that this is some kind of panic situation where we have a bunch of younger, low-risk people getting the infection, we know it's not impactful because we are not seeing translation into death, at least not yet. We're cautiously uh, watching it because we have to make sure of this, and it does take some time. But these cases have been increasing for three, four weeks now. In fact, they do not date to relaxing social policy of businesses and restaurants. They date to the demonstrations and the protests. There. Look up Dr. Atlas. Look up Liz Wheeler. Look up Stanford. Look up Dr. Ioannidis. Look up Jay Pacharia. And just listen, because this is the truth, man. These are the people that are not bought. Fauci's bought, Burks is bought, Gates is bought, the WHO is bought, and China wants the world. And for those of you who are Christian, am I correct? Pardon me if I'm incorrect, but I do believe it was pointed to in the Testament that the yellow race shall rule. China's coming. Understand this. And they've played their hand. And whether this was just an accident or it was directly out of the lab in Wuhan, I don't want to get on that one. But I'll tell you this, Gates, Fauci, Wuhan, they're friends. They've been friends a long time. And the WHO is bought. Let's go over here. This is another one. Video three. 
Now, I took the clip that Alex Jones was on because Alex had somebody on that was explaining it so well. But this clip was out there in Cyberland, and Alex Jones wasn't part of it. This is a clip. This is not an Alex Jones clip. This is a clip Alex Jones got that he interpreted, and I think he did a great job. But my point to you is, this has really happened. This was May 18th in Texas. May 18th. That's almost two months ago. That's six weeks ago. Listen to what Aisha Sowry is saying from the Collin County Epidemiology Department to the council. Listen to this. And the gist of it is, but I want you to listen to it with me. What she's saying is, if you have COVID and this has been tested positive, PCR, swab, whatever they want to use, and you release the names of the people you have contact with, have had contact with within the last, I think it's 14 days, all those people are contacted. Now, mind you, this has to include cooperation by the person that's tested positive. But if, in fact, you cooperate and you give those names, numbers, contacts, those people are contacted and they're told, you need to get tested. And as a lot of people will, as a lot of people say, I ain't coming in, don't bother me, how'd you get my name, and buzz off, those people are counted as probable COVID cases. They may be 100% asymptomatic, they may be negative for COVID, you don't know what they are, they're not getting tested, but what Aisha is saying and don't think this is not going on everywhere. They will be counted as probable COVID cases. And the judge listening to this, Judge Hill, is saying to the council and to uh, Aisha, let me understand this. Because if I do, cases in Texas are about to soar. They're going to soar. And they have. And what has Texas done? Governor Abbott this week shut the state down again. And this is where this is going. And it isn't going to end. The virus is over. This is not going to end. This will not end until all of us are vaccinated or all of us are incarcerated. Do not doubt me on this. Spread this show. Recall the governor. Recall Eric Garcetti. De Blasio's out. He is so hated in New York City. They're going to oust him. Cuomo is being forced to oust him, and I don't know what the inside of this is. But either our politicians begin to listen to us, or you have to send them a message. Listen to this. Listen. This definition. The public health departments that they are, they have adopted a revised definition for COVID-19 probable cases. So for confirmed case, it stays the same. You still just need PCR. But now they've added a probable case definition. Uh, so that still gets counted towards the case count. 
It's different, it's not confirmed, it's probable, but it's still a case. So at the end of this definition, there are 15 different options on how you could be classified as a probable case. Based on this diagram and what they report, there's a total of 17 cases now. One is still only confirmed because that was that original index case who then had all these contacts underneath in orange and all the rest of them became probable, but they are still considered a case. This has the potential to be a very significant event for us here in Texas and here in Collin County as the state now has, has elected to adopt this new probable definition. If you have a subjective fever and you have a headache. You can listen to that on your own. Uh, Chris Hill, Collin County judge is talking. He's going to start breaking this down, I think with, with great acumen, breaking this down into all the ways you can be counted as a probable case. I don't get it. I don't get it. Now you have Governor Abbott. Governor Abbott swallowing this hook, line, and sinker, and you saw what he did this week. And if you do, if you go on Worldometer and you check the stats, the cases in Texas are soaring, but the deaths are not. The cases in Florida are soaring, but the deaths are not. The cases in California are going up, but the deaths are not. Nor are the ICUs loaded. I don't... Somebody help me. And don't help me with suggestions that it... I got this covered. I still don't get how many... It's, it's got to be. It can't be this many people are this dumb. I don't believe that. They're bought. If you're bought, I get it. I get that CNN isn't going for this. I get that your liberal media isn't going for this. They're bought. Chris Cuomo is bought. Anderson Cooper is bought. They are on order from higher-ups who don't want anything that resembles... American democracy as we would define it. They're not here for that. They want civil war. They are George Soros pawns. And Soros is part of a larger consortium. But there's lots of people that I think are more than smart enough. They just don't know. So you got to use your discretion and spread it to people that know. To people that don't know. That need to know. Because something's going to happen soon. Sooner or later, it's going to affect their pockets. I want people who don't know to know, so when it affects their pockets, they'll know what's going on. Because it's the only way to mobilize them, to educate them, so that when it affects their pockets, and it will sooner or later, they'll know. No one gets away with this. You can say you got your million-plus liquid in the bank and you can hold out till this blows over. Sooner or later, you have no reason to be alive. We are in this together. We party together. We fight together. We argue together. We are one. And we are not one when we're incarcerated. And that's what's coming, whether it's a literal or whether it's just a metaphysical incarceration. That's why... You have to tell other people. How many people did you tell today? How many horns did you lock heads with? How many politicians did you write? Give your politicians the benefit of the doubt. Give Gavin Newsom the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he really is just 
being informed by the wrong people. Public health officials are just parroting what their seniors tell them. And if you work up the food chain, you're talking to Bill Gates, WHO, the NIH, and they're all bought. So maybe our politicians don't know. Give them the benefit of the doubt. It's a part of me that likes Governor Newsom. I actually do. I don't like Garcetti. That guy makes me sick. But I kind of like Governor Newsom. But I can't believe he's like this. You see? So I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he doesn't know. I doubt anybody's telling him. Okay, Dr. Gundry. You got to go to Dr. Gundry. This is the best because this thing with the masks, it's just so frigging dumb. It's just so damn dumb. And this is, you know, this is about your daily experience. It's you with a mask, someone else with a mask, somebody's looking at you, you're looking at them, you don't want to wear the mask, they look at you like you should wear the mask, they don't wear the mask, you don't wear the mask, they're looking at you. I mean, this is your daily experience, and these masks don't work. Now, if you want to put the N95 on, or the, the, the P95, or the P100, well, then they'll work, but you'll also suffocate to death. Literally, if I was of that age where I had to be concerned and I had to go out, I'd put on an N95 and I'd give myself 20 minutes in a store and then get out. That's how you protect yourself. And I'd also wear glasses. In fact, I'd probably put one of those World War I gas masks on. I'd find a way to do it right, keeping in mind that you cannot sustain yourself for more than 20 minutes, and even that 20 minutes is perilous. But that I'd do, and cost-benefit, I'd be smart. You know, as a side note, when you talk about protecting, say, the nursing homes, you see, by the time we started the lockdown contact tracing wouldn't have worked we had been exposed from last october november this thing went everywhere i will be vindicated on this i'm agreed with already by lots i've put them on my shows but just for argument's sake i will be vindicated on this point and that is china they were coming long before january i mean it's so stupid but my point to you is, had we, I guess the best way to say is like this. If you had a nursing home with 10,000 people in it, which is massive, right? And that nursing home was COVID clean. And in the first week, you started testing people. I mean, aggressively. And definitely anyone that was symptomatic was aggressively separated. Meaning you had another wing or another home, another place to make sure there was no contact between the sick, the PCR positive, the antibody positive, the symptomatic positive, anybody that had a sniffle. You just separated. We would have reduced death in the nursing homes by massive numbers. 
there would have been a massive reduction. You know who did a great job of this? Korea. South Korea. You know who did a great job of this? Germany. The two most heralded countries in the world is Korea and Germany. Because Korea and Germany just happened to get on this immediately with the contact tracing. And I would have supported that in our country. And what they did is just segregate people. Korea shot this down to nothing immediately. Contact tracing, if you get it early on, is useful. That's not what happened in America. Once it's out of the box, it will spread. And the truth is, the real truth is, even in South Korea and Germany, if you mitigate it initially through contact tracing very early on, it's going to come back anyway. The virus will not disappear. COVID will be with us forever. COVID's going to be with us after we're gone. So you really got to understand the purpose of all those intense measures. There are two flatten the curve in the event that flattening the curve can save and buy time so that people who are at very high risk can figure out what to do. None of this is what happened in America. None of it. All right, listen to Dr. Gundry here. This is an interesting clip. Talk about how people can protect themselves. Um, you know, I've got a lot of people here in London, from my team to my friends to my family, some in their 20s, some in their 30s, some in their 40s. My mom and my dad are in San Diego right now in their mid-70s. Um, what do you tell people of all different age groups on how they can protect themselves from the basics, masks, uh, hand sanitizers, and then even further into your specialty, which is boosting the immune system? Yeah, um, first of all, un unless somebody uh, makes everybody wear masks, the surgical mask that I wear in the operating room does not protect against viral transmission. Uh, and just to mention, the cloth masks are much worse. So you got the N95s, the P95s, the P100s, those are the best masks. No one's wearing them. You'll suffocate. After 20 minutes, you're, you're, you're just unconscious. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're painful. They irritate. I mean, it's absurd. So Gundry is talking about what doctors wear in hospitals during surgeries. What you see all these people running around with, surgical masks. I'm adding and pointing out, he's only saying surgical masks if you asked him about cloth masks, he'd say, he'd laugh. I mean, they're worse. They're a joke. All right, listen to what he's going to say. Uh, it's totally uh, permeable to viruses. So it was designed to actually prevent bacteria from contaminating wounds. It was designed to actually prevent bacteria from contaminating to viruses. So... It was designed to actually prevent bacteria from contaminating wounds. And 
quite frankly, we can get into that someday. It doesn't do a very good job of that either. Right, you, you said that in one of your shows, you had said that they ran kind of a double blind study of people with in England with without the masks and without even the gowns, and they found no material increase in infection. Is that right, of the patients? Yeah, Sorry. it was actually, uh, they, they did not wear masks. Uh, they did wear gowns and gloves, but it turns out that the masks, um, yeah, there was actually less infections in the group without the mask than with the mask. And the mask, we talk during operations, and it abrades our skin, and flakes of skin with bacteria drop into the wound. And without the mask, there's no abrasion of your face, and unless you actively cough into the wound, then the mask... Uh, but. Tradition is tradition. Uh, we have to remember that before uh, Dr. There. I mean, send this to people. Everyone knows Dr. Gundry. Maybe some of these guys, uh, you know, Jay Pacharia, Witkowski, you've never heard of. Everybody knows Gundry. He doesn't need your money. He's not bought. He exists outside the politics and the institutions. And he's just saying what the literature says what's been on my shows for eight to ten weeks the masks are a joke i mean look at that yeah happy fourth of july give the fourth of july some meaning here really i put mount rushmore i took put a, took a nice picture of mount rushmore i took the normal picture out on the site stare at that and think of your grandparents and your great-grandparents and your great-great-grandparents and how life for them was, in my case, in southern Italy or in somebody else's case, Germany or Ireland, Scotland. And think of why they came here. They came here to get away from that. What are we doing? And again... There are some people that are just too afraid. There are some people that are just too stupid. But there are a lot of people that just don't know. And what you have to do is find your special way to spread the truth. My way isn't your way. You don't have a radio show. I do. Somebody else launches a civil demonstration. Somebody else writes a book. Somebody else is a news media pungent like Liz Wheeler everybody's got their way the point is find your way and take action for those of you who have health concerns for those of you who need somebody to carve a path a path that doesn't depend on weekly supplementation and large expenditures on herbal programs but in fact wants to drive fuel sustain health through lifestyle changes, which is an art form. 714-850-1007. 714-850-1007. And if we have to, we can even do a Skype. Or the equivalent. If for whatever reason, if especially you're in one of those danger groups, you see? If you're imperiled, you can do a Skype, a Zoom. There's all sorts of ways to cope. 
Happy 4th of July to you. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.